0: Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Now, if you were here last week, you would have heard us talking about what we feel God is saying to our community of faith in this season. It's particularly taken from Isaiah chapter 6. We went through the whole chapter together. And if you will, would you pull out Isaiah chapter 6? We're going to pick up on particularly the last part of that. And then I want to take your, uh, uh, grab your finger and put it in on Isaiah chapter 66 as well, because we're going to plant ourselves there in a short while. Are you there? Okay, so to give you some context, there is a a prophet who means business, this guy. His name's Isaiah. He doesn't just say he follows God, he really does. In fact, he follows God so much that you read a few chapters later that he prophesied uh, in a few years, he was no clothes, no shoes for three years, for a few years as a sign of what God was saying in in, in Isaiah chapter 20, you can read about it. As assigned to Egypt and Ethiopia, he was giving a message. So he wasn't one of those guys that just played games. He really did believe in a God who loved his people so passionately. And we can re- read in Isaiah chapter 6 an encounter he has, and we can probably just breeze through, because I talked about this last week, Isaiah says in verse 1 of chapter 6, I see the Lord. I see the Lord. I see Him seated up high, high on a throne. And the train of His robe filled the temple. It's very important what we see. Very important. Isaiah had a vision of God, which then informed the mission for which He was given. So, He then after that... (coughs) sees some seraphim some angels that are likely beaming with fire seraph means burned ones or flaming and and they're saying holy they're declaring holy around the lord and here we know that holiness is the key attribute of god above every other attribute that we like to think about this is really important this informs all the other the other attributes of god God indeed is loving, God indeed is full of justice, he certainly does exercise grace and mercy at times, but above all of that, he is holy. And the reason why that's important for us to understand is because holy, or the word means kadosh, it means he is so different, he is so morally pure, he is, he is, it's like he's from another world. He's remarkably different, he's unique. And out of that remarkableness, out of that uniqueness, that then informs, hey, his version of love is actually quite different too. What he deems as just is different to what we may deem as just. Go to any part of the world and what we view as a loving act might differ from one culture to another. The same thing could be said of justice. If a crime is taken, you take them to a court in the Middle East or you take them to a court in India or you take them to the court in Australia and the justice system would very well likely rule quite differently. So there is a higher standard of justice. There is a different means of love that God operates in. And which is why it's so important for us to not commence, not begin our theology with ourselves from humanity. It's always about, we call this, a Christological perspective. We start off with Jesus. How do we live? How do we function? What do we believe? Well, we look to Jesus because Jesus Christ himself is perfect theology. And here we see Isaiah looking at this incredible vision of Jesus on the throne and holy is who he is. It's not just what he does, it's who he is. He's holy. God wants us to understand he's holy. He's different. Our God is remarkably unique and yet he calls for us to live in and with this uniqueness, share in this holiness, he says. How do we do it? Well, by his spirit. Uh, This revelation is so incredibly important because it informs how we live. And I remember when I first became a dad, seems like such a long time ago. (laughs) I've got three daughters, if you didn't know, and my eldest is Grace. She's eight, going on 28. And when she was first born and Grace came into the world, I remember holding her and going, oh my giddy aunt, this is the most perfect thing ever. This is just, it changed everything. Parents, you know what I'm picking up on right here? Yeah? Like it's, it's, it just, it's a game changer. I was the best parent before I actually became a parent. I could tell you everything. I could write books about parenting and, and then I became a parent. So I remember eight odd years ago, holding Grace, looking at her going, she is just, so. how could something so beautiful and perfect come from me? I look back at pictures and go, oh my goodness, what an interesting looking creature she was. But at the time, fatherhood, I'm just saying it as it is, you parents know, yeah, see, awkward laughter, you know, someone's got to say it, right? The revelation of fatherhood just changed everything. I live different. I love different. I learn different. Everything changes. That perspective changes. As a father with three daughters, they disagree on what love is. They are very opinionated on how they think they should be parented. <laughs> They like to argue what they think the justice system looks like in our home. Dad, yeah, but she kicked me in the head. <laughs> to which I say, your mother can do whatever she likes, young lady. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> that's, that's... And so they argue on what's true and what's right. And, and here we are trying to tell God what's right at times. Hang on, God, if you're so loving, how could you allow this to happen? Hang on, God, if you're such a just God, that's not fair. I wonder if God knows a few things that we don't. I wonder if his plans really are perfect. I wonder if his thoughts really are higher, if his plans are far above ours, as as, as the heavens are above the earth. Are we still friends? So when he exercises grace or mercy, let him do it. When he exercises wrath and anger, which he does do, Let him do it. And it's important for us to understand God is holy. He is different. And we are called to gaze on his holiness and go, wow. Wow. And a revelation of the holiness of God should not instill fear, but faith. There is something in our minds that say, oh, when we talk about the holiness of God, we've got to be scared. Nope. That's not his intention. That's why He would call for us to fear not. A revelation of the holiness of God is not, oh my goodness, he's so angry and scary. No, it's, he is so amazing. He's amazing. The first time I went to Victoria Falls, and every time I still go to Victoria Falls in Livingston, right near our church over there, I'm like, oh
1: my, this is nuts.
0: And God calls for us to have the same response wow whoa because it's the whoa that informs the go and if you're lacking the go embrace the whoa so after in this conversation Isaiah says I see the Lord and what happens then he realizes oh I'm an unclean man with unclean lips living in a land of unclean people, what, what happens? He gets a reality check. That's what a revelation of the holiness of God does. It gives you a reality of who he really is and a reality of who we really are. Oh, reality check. Oh my, I, 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 oh, I need you. And so we can read on that. Angel came with tongs with coal and a purifying process, touched the lips of unclean, uncleanliness, cleansed, Isaiah, thank you, Lord, for the grace and the forgiveness that we receive. What did he do? He didn't earn that. He just like, whoa, you're so good. (sighs) I'm cleansed. That's the grace of God. And from that point came the mission. God then says, hey, who's going to go for us? Who's going to go for us? An inference to a trinity of persons, perhaps. God. Who's going to go for us? And then He doesn't say, Isaiah, I'm going to send you. He says, who's going to go for us? And the willingness, oh, oh, pick me, 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 me. Pick me, Shrek, pick me, pick me. He's so willing to go. Send me. Send me. I'm not just going to go without you sending me. You've got to send me. You've got to commission me. Send me, I will go. Before he's given the blueprint, he says, I will go. He doesn't say, hey, what's, what's the strategy, Lord? Tell me what I'm signing up for first. He doesn't do that. There's no strings attached. It's just a willingness after a revelation of who God is, His holiness, and how incredible He is. Me. Then He's given the strategy. I want you to go and preach a message. I want you to tell people about me. And it's a hard message. It's a hard message which eventually goes to harden the hearts of a majority of a people group. It's a strong message. And then we read on in verse uh, 11. He says, well, how long, Lord? How long do I preach this message for? And God says, you keep preaching until you see no one left. That means you keep going, you keep going, you keep going, you keep loving, you keep serving, you keep sharing. You just keep on going. And that's a message for us. Keep on going. So Isaiah has this act, this revelation, instills, oh, humility in him. And then it results in a contrite spirit, a repentance. Contrite or contrition means, it's like, it can mean sorrowful or it can mean repentant, a changing of the insides, a a sense of, oh, I I, I, I really am sorry. I'm owning up to something here. But there was also a trembling at God's word of who he is and what he's saying. Oh, okay, I'm going to do something here. And if you can now flick to Isaiah chapter 66, we can read that a bit further. I'm going to start off in verse 1. Thanks, Wes. Isaiah chapter 66. And ESV. Thus says the Lord, this is the last chapter of Isaiah, heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool, what is the house that you would build for me and what is the place of my rest? All these things my hand has made and so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look, he who is humble, he who is contrite in spirit and he who trembles at my word. He who trembles at my word. He who trembles at my word. That's talking about a healthy fear of God and what he says. A healthy fear, not something that, oh no, God's speaking, I'm so scared. It's, oh
2: my goodness, God is speaking.
0: Everything God says is a declaration about who he is. When God says something, it tells you something about his nature. So always pay attention to what he reveals to you, particularly through the word of God. This book, which we sometimes it's gotten quiet. This is whom I'm looking for. This is where I'm putting my gaze. I am looking for people that are humble, that are contrite in spirit. And I'm looking for people that actually value what I've got to say last year at our vision Sunday we we discussed how we felt a surging in the spirit and a calling to intercessions I shared as well around a calling of the watchmen and women for the church and we've seen intercession really start to pick up in our church, and we're now starting to see some great things take place. I really believe that intercession, both personally and corporately, is key here for what God is doing and going to do. Hey, Gary, would you get up and just share, maybe just for a minute, uh, some of the things that have been happening in our church and what you see God doing?
2: (laughs) Thanks, Josh. Uh, Yeah, look... um... Very, very exciting um, how things are starting to sort of come together. Um, we, we had um, a pastor come over from Africa and talked about us having a corporate altar, and that set something else in motion. Um, but look, we've, been, we've had prayer in this church for, for many, many years, and the intercessors have been praying. But um, what, what I sense is happening is just a joining of all the groups and networking with the encounter night pre-service prayer I mean with with the intercessors we just sensed this morning uh, a number of them in the pre-service prayer of of the the bowls being uh, the prayers of the saints and the bowls starting now to be overflowing and filling and starting to tip over and prayers being answered in a way that we've never seen before um, it's just it's phenomenal um, and then just to encourage you prior to prior to prior to our service um uh, just praying before then and seeing the impact that that's now having on our meetings. Uh, all are encouraged to be there. And then our encounter nights. Um, the church just rallying, coming together. There's been a real activation. Um, just people being stirred up in their gifts and their calls. People getting dreams and visions um, where they never once spoke out publicly. Uh, they're doing that now. It's so exciting to see. And I just... And I'm going to just go back to Josh regarding what happened just at the last encounter um, with, with the with the, the gifts operating, um, but I just sense that this is all coming in all coming together for an absolute crescendo of prayer and intercession across this church and, and this city, where we potentially and my heart's desire is to see 24/7 prayer and worship going on like it is in heaven, and and revival being. Brought it. So
0: huh? yeah. yeah, sure. So, so every time we get together, this is just for an encounter, for example. Different things happen. Sometimes it's more quiet. Sometimes a little bit louder. Sometimes more worshipful. This last one just gone. Uh, I remember praying, and I just said, "Hey, I just had a sense in God. I, I, I just the sense was someone here needs to give a message of tongues." And I was sitting on it for about fifteen twenty minutes, just a message of tongues, and someone's going to interpret that as well. So I remember, and I, I, I just got up, and I said, hey, look, uh, this might be a bit bizarre for some of you, but God operates this way, First Corinthians 14, tongues, da 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 I really feel someone here has a message of tongues, and I think someone else is going to interpret that, has has anyone ever moved in the message of tongues before, and I saw Pete uh, Wigan and Scotty over there, Scott's jaw dropped, (laughs) what had happened was he had just had the same sense, and he had spoken to Pete about, I think someone's got to give a message of tongues, Pete, have you ever given a message of tongues before, and Pete's like, yeah, I have. So there was a confirmation there of a message of tongues. Following that, Pete then gives this message of tongues and a few of us had pictures and impressions about what had followed, which is we may understand a message of tongues accompanied by interpretation of tongues works together to edify the church. This is a sign we saw in the early church and we see from time to time in our family. And One thing that that I'm really appreciating is that uh, we're seeing more of this, not just on Sunday services, we're seeing this all over the place and that's the way that it's designed to be if we come to church thinking that a one and a half or a two hour window is supposed to meet every need of our personal walk with Jesus we're going to be left upset I'll give you that hot tip and so I wonder if at times we need to come on Sundays with a different mindset and different expectation I get it that, you know, for for some of us that have really long, drawn-out weeks, we want to see more fun on Sundays. I also understand that for some people that have really full-on weeks, they just want some more contemplation on Sundays. For some people that are lacking personal word and Bible reading in in their personal lives, they want, I want some more scripture on Sunday. For some of us, and you're not worshipping naturally every day, why can't we have longer worship services? We all have our different giftings and flavours and personalities, but on a Sunday, this is less about us and more about Him. So, let me just continue. The church is not an entertainment industry. And I think at times we bring our consumer mentality into Christianity. Do we want to be entertained? Oh, yeah, I love a good time. Don't get me wrong. But my life is more about giving God glory than Him giving me glory. I ponder if sometimes God's up there singing to me. Let me entertain you. (laughs) Poor Josie and the music team might be on a Sunday (laughs) after worshipping. Oh, that was
2: great worship. Oh, it was a bit too loud today, Josie. Can we pick up the pace a little bit? Could we? Oh,
0: maybe just a little bit more reflection, Josie, if you could. (laughs) Poor Josie and the team might feel a little bit like Maximus Decimus Meridius from Gladiator.
1: Are you not entertained?
2: Are you not entertained?
0: So we live for an audience of one, don't we? Who's the audience? Can I say, I'm not opposed to all of these things happening on a Sunday. But but what I like needs to fall down the list. Because let me be honest with you, this is a pastor of a family here. If I could have it my way and I didn't care about you, which is not true, I would listen to Word for at least one hour. Worship set, The worship set, singing, would probably go for at least 45 to an hour, sometimes an hour and a half, we'd be praying probably for at least half an hour to an hour. Our services would go for a few hours. If it was all about me, our service would look very different. Please don't think that these services are all about what the leaders want. The services are designed and we have certain rhythms in place as we feel God tell us to, to best feed the family with where we're at right now. So our services do have ebbs and flows and they do change from time to time. But this is about how can we best feed and nurture each other in community, but at the same time not missing out that He is our priority. Hello? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Maturity is about us going, it's less about me and it's more about helping people, others connect with God because I know that my walk with God is not so much based on a Sunday morning. Hello? If your only experience with God is for a couple of hours on a Sunday morning, you've got to grow. You've got to grow. It's got to happen. And my fear is that in today's day and age, we are being so distracted that God is sitting second or third or fourth or fifth on our priorities list. And if we've got time to squeeze in with Him after our Facebook posts or Instagram feeds... If we've got time, God, if we've got time, and I do those things, and I'm guilty of these struggles at times. If God's got time, yeah, I'll give him a little bit. Some of you don't like me right now. But the church is not, it's not a spiritual day spa either. Anyone been to a day spa before? We come on Sundays and uh, we get ready to be pampered. Some of you are like, I've never been pampered in this church. We get ready. And uh, I'm coming on Sundays. Oh, great. JL's leading today. There it is. I get the goosebumps. Oh, hello. Someone just told me there's no children's church over Christmas holidays. That's ruined my experience right there. Oh, pastor's not funny enough this morning. He lost me. He lost me. Do we want to have a good time on Sunday mornings? Absolutely absolutely but what in fo- what 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 is it that makes it fun what is it that makes it joyful what is it that really entertains us there is joy and life and peace in the kingdom of god absolutely so i wonder if somehow we can marry all of this together i wonder if we put god first in everything We can get caught up in enjoying one another, make allowances for each other. Because if I haven't offended you yet this morning, it's going to happen sooner or later. That happens in family. Hello? But what's more important than that is our commitment to seeing a vision of Him, informing the mission to winning the world around us. So, if you were to take a snapshot even of our worship times, how our worship looks now to how it was a few years ago to look very different. And different Sundays it looks differently, not just with our worship on Sunday mornings but even when we get together for prayer, for encounter, or for leaders' meetings, I mean, it does. there's a slight shift now, and that's okay. That's where God's got us. Josie, would you just come up and share what you feel God is doing in our family, particularly through the medium of singing together and worship and music?
3: Thanks, Pastor Josh. Um, yeah, well, um, moving on from um, your point about... Um I've lost the word now, (laughs) Um, (laughs) no, not Jesus, (laughs) Um, about the focus being on the music and us being spectators and it being worship, being a show. I believe that the church has went through a few decades where the focus got shifted off where it should have been, which is him, and we became spectators. The church became spectators, and a few years back, From my personal experience in Grace Life, I felt like we were in that place. And what it caused is a passivity. It caused a slumbering of the worshipping bride. And what I believe God's doing right now um, is that he wants to wake us up. I believe what he's been doing the last couple of years with those of us that in our hearts say, I'm sick of going through the motions. I don't come to church for this. I'm sick of playing church. Has anyone ever felt like that? (laughs) Ever felt like that? Um, Particularly in our praise and worship. Um, He's wanting to pull an authentic worship out of our hearts. He's building an authentic bride, getting us ready for a coming King. And um, our response, um, when we worship authentically, And he comes, then he's looking for our response to his presence. And I believe that's what he's teaching us right now because there's a a beautiful authenticity in this family. Everyone, you all experience it every week. Um, And he comes and he's now wanting to teach us how to respond to his holiness, how to respond to his glory, how to respond when the king comes um, and visits us. And it's in that coming, there's a response when we catch his heart when we touch heaven and, and, and we um, enjoy time in his presence, that's where mission is born and birthed in our hearts. And that's where revival just starts exploding in people's lives. So I really believe that's what he's doing. Um, so, you know, if you, if you still feel like you're in a place and, um, you know, I'm, so, I'm just sick of going through the motions. You know, I want I wanna I wanna honor you, God, but when I come to church, I just feel like I'm going through the motions. Just pray and ask him, God, teach me how to authentically respond to you. And it always requires something different. Response to God, it requires something different. If we keep doing the same thing that I that I've been doing, nothing will change. And the first thing that God asked me to do when he started renewal in my heart a couple of years ago was he asked me to start praising him out loud. Um, outside of this building <laughs> I've shared that before and it was I'm, I was so embarrassed was such a strange concept to me. Start praising him out loud outside of a meeting outside of a praise and worship set and I started doing it and it transformed my life this this person praising my king when no one could see it but him. So I encourage you you know just keep being authentic.
0: Beautiful, thank you. And so we really do sense there's an awakening that's taken place. And I know a number of you have actually commented on that, haven't you? There's an awakening, there is a releasing that's taking place. And so my encouragement to us all here is look at what God is doing, don't fight it, and go with it. Where is there a grace in your life? Where is there a grace around about you? Thank God for it, go in that direction. Here's another, here's another, um, a posit for you. (laughs) I wonder if at times we can pray so much for breakthrough in our circumstances, but the breakthrough begins within us first. I wonder if you are the breakthrough for your circumstance. I wonder if God wants to, to, to crack the, the wall, the damn wall in you first for the breakthrough to be worked through you because it's very easy and less confronting to pray about a situation isn't it oh i pray for that situation at work oh lord i pray that you would save my neighbor oh lord i pray for my family but i wonder if you were the one that god wants to put breakthrough into first to then overflow into those relationships just just a question not not saying that's necessarily the case <laughs> but i was watching again this week dams that explode have you ever seen a burst dam and how it starts it just often starts with a little crack that's where it starts just a little crack and as soon as the engineers can identify that crack they rush over to repair that crack as soon as possible why because it's just a small hairline crack that can so what might breakthrough look like for you it might just be a hairline crack which God says, let's go. Look for where God is putting his finger. Why? Why might God want to do all of this? It's not just so we could say, oh, wow, I've seen God. Oh, wow, I had the great vision of his holiness. No. It's to empower and engage and inspire us to go and win the lost at whatever cost. To know God and make him known. There is a dying generation. Don't get me wrong. I love seeing full rooms of Christians. But I want to see people saved. I want to see people really encounter God. That is a true marker of a revival, not just full prayer meetings. It's when salvation hits the house. That is a fruit of of revival. That's what God wants. He wants revival to start in us and then every person we come into contact with. Now, I really believe that our young people are key here, children and youth. Nadia does a phenomenal job with our kids ministry. I'm not going to get Nadia to share. I'm going to get Jael to share in just a second. But can I put a plug here? If you have a heart to see the young people move in the miraculous, you go and see Nadia. If you've got a faith for it, go and see Nadia because I'm talking to, we are constantly talking about we need to get people in the realm of faith teaching our young people practically how to minister in the prophetic, in signs and wonders, and for them to believe. Because that's where the move of God, we're going to see it. We're going to see it. Never underestimate our young people. Never, never underestimate what God wants to do and can do and I believe will do through the younger generation. Segway to J.L. Come tell us about the youth ministry, J.L. Good morning, church.
4: Um, One of the things that I've felt in the spirit um, leading up to last year and uh, probably even a little bit before that is that we have got probably some of the most daring um, young people, that we've ever seen. They're willing to try stuff. It takes me back to a conference that, that um, Eternity Church had last year and Pastor Andrew Williams preached and he said, let's, get, let's go do this stuff. And they're willing to try. They are just are so hungry and God is actually answering that hunger. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff that's been broken off of young people, especially lies that they're believing that's being thrown at them. I get that they're sometimes distracted by, and on their phones, but they also have this other side, which we've got a champion that said, God, if you are who you say you are, then I want to try this stuff. I want to live it out. Um, and so that's starting to rise up. Uh, one of the other things that we're also looking forward to doing a lot more of is, especially even here in Malaga, and we've seen one opportunity open up even with, with One. Um, is just going in and starting to minister to the young people that are around us. And it's not going to be about the youth group Friday night. It's going to be about the impact that God does through the young people in their spheres of influence. That's really what we're going for is we want Jesus, little Jesus people to go into places that need Jesus and impacted with his presence. And so... Um, I'll give you an example of one of those is that we have one of my students who is here at Altar One but um, on Friday through worship on his hands and knees and just, you know, arms open wide, praising God. That's awesome because nobody told him, hey, when we worship, by the way, this is what you do. When we worship and you feel like the song is taking you here and there, you, you if you lift your hands, then you're really going... Nobody taught him that. That's a guy who came from, I don't believe any of this stuff, <laughs> to now God is impacting him. And you cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot make that up. So that's what we're seeing in the young people and um, praying to see more of it. So join us in that. And, and um, yeah, so I'll, I'll get a couple of you guys who already know who you are um, to just come up and share a little bit of some of the encounters that God Romy goes first. Uh, Romy?
5: Um, Hi. Um, uh, So before camp, uh, something really cool happened. I'm sorry. (laughs) This is different. Um, Okay, before camp, I... Somebody had opened up to me about something that was uh, really impacting their lives. Um, and it was somebody who was dealing with depression, anxiety and like a lot of suicidal thoughts and things. And um, then I ended up praying for him. But um, I wasn't like with him or anything. I was just in my, um, in, my, my, in my own bedroom and he was texting to me what was going on because he had no one else to open up to. Um, and then he told me a couple days later that um, he hadn't had a single bad thought ever since that night that I had prayed for him, and I thought that was really amazing. And then, yes, yeah, so that was kind of also... Conf- like, I didn't know that God could use me in a way like that, um, where I could share uh, share something with him that I felt God had told, had told me to share with him. And then at youth camp... Um, I just felt like one of the leaders actually needed prayer for something. Um, So I went up to them and I asked if I could pray for them. Um, And then when I opened my eyes, when I finished praying, she was crying. And I was just really stunned. Um, And so she told me why and how the words that I said were exactly what she needed to hear. And And I told her that even the day before, The day I prayed for her, I felt like she needed to know that um, that everything's gonna be okay. That like the plans are like God's got everything in control, and um, yeah. So then she was bawling her eyes out, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, God is using me. God's like telling you things he needs to tell you and stuff. Like this is really awesome, Um, because you know I wouldn't think that God could do that um, through me to a leader." Um, But yeah, it's just been awesome what he's been doing.
1: Hey guys, how's it going? Um, So something that I thought was pretty crazy was um, something that in youth camp that impacted me was um, God spoke through me to speak to someone. So basically we had this pastor, Andrew Williams, he's crazy. Like, no, not bad crazy, but good. Um, so all we did was just this 30-second prayer thing. Just the next, per- the person you're next to, just put your hand on their shoulder. Just close your eyes, um, humble yourself, just be quiet. Um, whatever comes to mind, anything stupid, like he told us this crazy story about, like, this guy. Um, anyway. It's a lo- long story, and it ended in spaghetti, um, and it, like, changed, it literally, it literally, like, changed them. But, so, yeah, um, just sitting next to the person next to you, put their hand, put your hand on their shoulder and anything that comes to mind, just share it. Um, The word that came to my mind was lost, but I didn't end up sharing it because, you know, I'm just a bit shy like that. But, um, yeah, so the word lost, it resonated with that person so much. And then later on, John Luke comes up and says to this person, you're lost in this wilderness. Um, basically, God is going to keep chasing you till he finds you because he loves you. And, um, yeah, it's basically just like a piece to the puzzle that, fit it's, you know, basically a massive puzzle that fitted. And um, I thought that was pretty crazy. So, yeah, that was cool. And then another thing, um, after youth camp, I just got this new hunger for God, this new hunger um, to... Grow my relationship with him because that's that right now that's my number one priority, and that's all I want.
6: Hey guys, is this working? My name's Micah, if you don't know, and um, um, JL has just come into youth and he's already been amazing. Um, but I'm just going to share a little testimony. Um, so Leading up to, like, youth, I wasn't, I know that I had purpose. I know that I've been called to be a leader, but I didn't know, like, that could mean so many things. And so um, I was just, throughout the whole camp, I was praying, Lord, show me what you want to use me for. And um, last encounter, so on Monday, um, God showed me this picture of um, an eagle coming down and walking across the stage. And obviously, because the eagle was small, he had to step. Like, I had to step up onto these steps to, um, like, speak out. And um, God was saying that you need to step up, Lord. And he was showing me this, also a picture of him in the crowd, that he was speaking to each and one of you, that he is with me, but he's talking to you guys as well. And um, so I felt purpose-filled and um, I just had a revelation that I needed to step up and speak out, but not just to you guys but just to my friends and I need to have more faith and believe in Him more. So yeah.
0: God's doing something through the young people. Um, Just stay up there. Can we put up uh, just chuck up those slides. You know in Isaiah chapter 66 this is what it says I'm going to finish here. This This is what God's looking for. This is to whom He looks. He wants he wants someone who's humble, who's contrite in spirit, and who trembles at his word. Now, if you want to be a carnal Christian, don't be that guy. If you want to be a carnal Christian, be self confident. If you want to be a carnal Christian, be. Unrepentant. If you want to be a carnal Christian or a worldly Christian, if such a thing exists, be indifferent to His Word. So, here is here are some young people here. How old are you, Charlie? 15? Romy? 17? 14? Okay. I look at these young people, I'm like, I, I wasn't like this at their age. How they're learning to hear the Holy Spirit how they're being encouraged to step forward, to have a humility, to take ownership, and to actually take God's word seriously. Whether it be God giving you a word, and Charlie's normally a shy guy, right? Or well, my experience, is a shy guy. Or Romy, to share what she shared. Or, or Micah, the picture of an eagle and... There are people that need to be won into the kingdom of God. And here we have young people being discipled and released through the household of faith to whom God can look. And we've got to continue to uphold our young people. Continue to uphold one another. Why? Because the world needs who we have. Can we put our hands together for these guys? You can grab your seats.